Can I tell you, Michelle, one of the things I really hate being a parent is yeah. school reports. Uh, okay, why? Well, you know, it's there's the anticipation that there's going to be some really great results. And then mm-hmm. there's the disappointment when there aren't. Now, as a parent, I, I've got to say, I'm really lucky. This is the last year I have to go through the school report mill. Right. Mine's I, just gaining momentum. Oh, you have so yep. much to look forward to. Yep. You wait until HSC. You're going to have so much fun. But Can't wait. There was a report that came out recently that I was thrilled about. It's been really great results. You know, mm. They've worked really hard. They've done a lot of work. It is, of course, the ASIO Annual Report. Yes, the ASIO Annual Report, 2020 to 2021. I know that you just would have sat at home and unpacked every moment of that with delicious anticipation. Lovely glass of single malt, just sat there on the couch, letting the ice chink. And just a single ice cube, by the way. Don't get too whiskey sort of elite about it. But essentially, ASIO have handed in their school report. And uh, let's have a look. Let's go through the grades and see how they've done. Can't wait. You're listening to I Spy, the failed report card of Australian intelligence. It's not my fault. Parliament didn't like me. The dog ate I my feel homework. Like you, I feel like you blame everyone else but yourself. It's... You need to look in the mirror, take a long, hard look. I don't want to look at that. No one does. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we are unpacking ASIO's school report. That's right. ASIO tabled their annual report a couple yes. of weeks ago in Parliament. And uh, by, by the way, this is just the public report. God knows what's underneath. The classified report, whoa, that's got some real gear in it. But you can, you can actually discern a lot from the current report. My favourite is Espionage is Up. There's a yeah. lot more espionage going on than we thought. Right. Like tons more. Like, as they said, COVID has actually made espionage easier. What do, what do you mean by espionage? Define espionage Ooh, for everyone. Oh, define espionage. I was I was hoping you'd say that. Oh, uh, were you? Oh, yeah, I was because I'm going to okay, give great. you the actual definition of espionage as, yes. as described by the ASIO report. Espionage is essentially yes. foreign powers and their proxies, including intelligence services, continuing to steal proprietary, sensitive and commercially valuable Australian information. It's stealing okay. our stuff. It's stealing our information. And espionage and also sabotage, which is a word you don't hear very often. No. Sabotage is also on the rise. In fact, our good mate, Mike Burgess, I like to call him Burjo. Direct, uh, Love the, Mike. Uh, Mike, the Director General. He actually yep. said that there is a real threat of an increase of sabotage in Australia because there's this really interesting little thing we have called the Internet of Things, where everything <laughs> yeah. is... You know how Everything's interconnected now. My computer talks to your computer, which talks to my fridge, which talks to my esky, which talks to my bottle shop. We can talk, our systems talk to each other. And because they talk to each other so much, it makes sabotage a lot easier because it means that a foreign power could get into our telecommunication system. That's why we don't have Huawei giving us 5G, or we could have them get into our electricity distribution service. Funnily enough, the Chinese do own a lot of that. So there's- Or our emails, like Outlook had a huge issue with that. Oh, really? What happened? Outlook, uh, earlier this year, they had to change their systems. They got hacked. Even like a lot of the um, 
now specifically where I work, mm. our security is so heightened around our emails because once they get into like one email, you're screwed. They're in, right. And that's they're the in. thing that ASIO was focused on pretty heavily is they've basically said that this is going to get worse, Yeah. right? Uh, as our systems get more and more integrated, it's going to be easier and easier for people to penetrate them and it's their job to stop them. With yes. the espionage thing, there's a lot of espionage and foreign interference going on in Australia right now because we've got a lot of information that people want. They want to know who we're trading with. They want to know what we're doing, where we are. What Now we're going to get some new nuclear subs. They're going to want yeah. to know about that too, all right? Now, the interesting thing about that is the foreign interference side of it. There is a lot of action going on in politics in Australia. Foreign powers have a tendency to try and recruit not just people working on sensitive areas, so public servants and military personnel. They're also hitting up politicians. And now... I mean, who knows? They could be the ones that are funding Christian Porter's legal defence. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that because I don't want to get sued. And well, actually, you know, I don't want to get. Well, actually, getting sued by Christian Porter isn't a bad thing, really. No, I feel uh, like everyone is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being sued by Peter Dutton just now. Now, the thing is, they're not just focusing on federal politicians. They're looking at local councils and state politicians. Oh, yep. Grassroots. That's where it's at. It's not just grassroots. The chance is that a, a council member or a state member can very easily suddenly become a federal member and Mm. then they're in the inner circle. So there's a lot of this stuff going on. Now, on the flip of it, espionage is on the rise, sabotage is on the rise. Terrorism is not quite so on the rise. It's kind of now, let's be honest, COVID has made terrorism kind of difficult. Yeah, because there's no public spaces and no people around. It's really hard to blow stuff up when yeah. you're in lockdown because the only person you're going is you. And also you don't – you just blow yourself up, yeah, because there's no one around. There's no one around. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a bit – Exactly. There were a couple of instances, but they're regarded as domestic terrorism. Yeah. Uh, somebody, a guy in Brisbane, stabbed a couple of senior citizens, I think they were, stabbed them because he wanted to join ISIS. I don't know why stabbing Aww. a couple of grandparents would do that for you. <laughs> no. um, there have been a couple of arrests. In fact, the number of incidents, and this is really interesting, Like, so you've got attacks. There are two attacks last year, right, in 2020. Yep. In 2021, zip, nothing. There's been none. Now, there have, however, been disruptions. There was a disruption of two major, they called them religious extremist actions, one disruption of a nationalist racist violent extremism, okay? Right. Remember, they don't call it Muslim terrorism and right-wing terrorism. They call it nationalist and racist and religious violence and extremism. They changed that language last year, just so we don't offend anybody. There were about two or three. So a lot of this is down, but again, Burjo, God bless you, Burjo, you're doing a great job. Burjo has turned around and said, we are not writing it off. Uh, We've got to focus pretty heavily on terrorism because what's really interesting is while Islamic terrorism is going down, right-wing terrorism is going up to the point where more than 50% of their caseload was focused on nationalist terrorism. Yeah, disruption. and I think they did a, a recently they did a massive bust with um, right wing extremists. I think they're even like in the midst of 
putting together a bomb and all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's that sort of thing been going on. Mm. So that's what we call disruption. So there weren't attacks, there was no attack, but it was disrupted. In fact, that happened last year. That was 2020. Now, the funny thing about it is, while everything's going down on the Islamic side, again, Burjo has said, don't get too comfortable because Afghanistan's back in the frame. The Taliban are doing some pretty nasty stuff over there at the moment. Like, if you're a girl, you're not going to school anytime soon. They're getting more extreme and they are going to start supporting terrorist organizations. That's pretty much a given. The other thing that's going on is, of course, Syria and Iraq and Yemen, all three places, extremely volatile. And if COVID sort of dies down and we start unlocking everything, that Mm. can start to amp back up. So terrorism, while it's on the way down, doesn't mean it's out. All right. So we've got that to worry about. Now, the next thing, I love this. This is my favorite bit of this was there's a page called Ordinary Australians Doing Extraordinary Things. (laughs) And what does that entail? Oh, ASIO is an organization with a clear mission to protect Australia and Australians from threats to their security. ASIO's people are its most important assets for achieving its mission. They're ordinary Australians who do extraordinary things. In a complex, challenging and changing security environment, our success is built on the imagination and intelligence of our team. Right now, ASIO's got a pretty big team now. Yeah. One of the things I do like, um, ASIO staff routinely do things that seem impossible. Okay. But after work, they face the same challenges, worries and duties we all have. They're your neighbours and friends and members of your community. They pay mortgages, coach sporting teams, care for loved ones, volunteer to fight fires or patrol beaches. Did you know that? Did you know that down on the beach when you had a swim today, that could have been an ASIO guy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, every time I walk past someone, I think, is that an ASIO person? Now, let's be honest. I mean, to be honest, where I live, you've been hard-pressed not to see a bunch of cops yeah. <laughs> Always. There was cops everywhere, all the time. The number because, of times. Because, you know, that, that dreaded COVID was really sneaking in through our beaches. Well, it was. And, you know, the number of times Asia guys dressed as lifesavers got arrested by the cops for being mm. out and about, I'm sure was over the top. The thing is, they do do a really amazing job. And they are yeah. pretty ordinary people. To the fact that they recruited 116 new staff this year. 116. Wow. To put their number up, their working number to 1,940 in total. The base wage for an ASIO officer is fifty-three dollars to $58,000, and the top wage is about six hundred and fifty. dollars Yeah, well, that's the boss. He's running an organisation of uh, over about 2,000 people that are taking care of the entire country, so I think he gets a bit of a remuner- remuneration. Remuneration. So, right, remuneration. Yep. So this, is, word, this is what our ASIO looks like right now. There are very okay. – now, what is really interesting is at the back of the report in one of the – appendix or the appendices, mm. there is, there's a thing where they break the organization down into bands, so how much they're earning, and then gender and sexuality. And when it gets to indeterminate sexuality, it just goes yeah. zero, 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 zero right across the board. So they're very oh, supportive no, no. of it, but yep. nobody in there is a transsexual. Sorry about that. Not that they wouldn't hire you. It's just no one's come forward to actually do the job. Now, Getting down to brass tacks when it comes to ASIO and what is exactly going to go and happen in the future. So, essentially, ASIO set themselves nine defined targets last year. They went, right, this okay. year we're going to hit nine targets. They made seven. Two of them didn't really work very well. Uh, well, it wasn't they didn't work very well. They, they missed their whole they idea. They missed the target. They missed the target. But yep. essentially, ASIO's report 
has basically framed this organization as something that is working with a very small group of people to create a lot of work. So typically put security assessments. Remember, we did our vetting app where we talked about how yep. many people, 127,000 security assessments. To wow. the point, to the point where ASIO actually had to put on overtime, which ASIO don't do. ASIO don't. Why so many security assessments? Well, you know, there's a lot of people getting. Uh, Is that because there's a lot of people online at the moment? Well, it's not just there's a lot of people online, right? So of that 127,000 security mm-hmm. assessments, 12,000 of them were people seeking access to security sensitive information, chemicals, sites. Yep. Uh, stuff like that. 114,000 of them included people getting Oz checks. No, Oz checks. So Oz checks <laughs> are things like aviation security identity cards, maritime yeah. security identity cards, yep. identities, um, right? So identification cards. So this is huge. This is like 127,000 people being vetted to work mm. for the government or work in sensitive areas. So to the point where they had to put on hours and hours of overtime because generally they couldn't get through it all. So this is the big thing with ASIO. They've got a lot of work they've got to do and they don't have a lot of time to do it. Now, getting back to the espionage thing, we're okay. jumping around a lot, but that's because the, the report does tend to jump around a bit. Yeah. Remember they mentioned a nest of spies earlier this year? They broke up a nest oh, yes. of spies. And right. we, we weren't sure where they were from. We weren't sure where they were from. Well, no revelations there, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. I mean, we were really hoping that they go, look, it was the Russians and we all hate them. Yeah, I like the way you just kick back then. The whole thing was, but they talk about what they were doing. They were trying to yep. recruit former politicians and current politicians, but they also managed to get an academic who had security clearance. So what they did was they basically got, they were doing the classic thing of trying to find people they could influence and control right? Yeah. until ASIO. And it was ASIO that literally stepped up in front of these guys and went, guys, uh, we know what you're doing. So would you like to pack it up and go home? Right. Yep. Uh, a lot of people thought what they did was they actually contacted the nation itself and went, uh, we know what you guys are doing. Please get rid of them. But no, they actually walked up to the guys and went, yeah, look, uh, your fly's undone and your dick's hanging out, so you better get home. And yep. literally it was gone like that. So and that was so that was in the tabled in the report that they went was, up and Yeah, they, they, that was exactly what they said. Your dick's hanging out, go home. No, it right. was essentially what it is, and this is what ASIO have been like focusing on really solidly now when it comes to espionage and terrorism. It's not yep. let's bust them and put them in prison. Because that's really, really hard to do. Funnily enough, two people have had their cases go to court and they've both received prison sentences in the last two years. But Mm -hmm. that's hard to do. And put it this way, in 2020, one person was imprisoned. That was a case from 2016. So it takes a long time to the point where the judge was almost like he's kind of served his time waiting for this trial. So what ASIO do, and it's the best way to do it, is disruption. If we can keep your team off kilter, we get to run your game. So what they did is they disrupt the the operation by going, look, we can see you, we know what you're doing, get out. And also the the same thing with terrorism. We know what you're doing. Uh, If we catch you making a bomb, yeah, we're going to arrest you. But if you're trying to, like, if you're pushing the barrow saying, you know, get out there and start a fight, which is one case where one young religious extremist, uh, very young guy, was gathering information and then tried to go to Syria to become a fighter. And it was information on building bombs, all that sort of stuff. Well, he was arrested 
and he is now yeah. facing a prison term. But this is the thing that goes on. They disrupt. Now, one of the things they use for disruption is the whole coerced questioning, where they can actually arrest you, well, detain you and force you to answer questions. How many yeah. times did they do that this year? Don't know. How many? Two. Just oh. twice. Just twice. A total of about 14 hours questioning in total. And generally it was like six for one guy and seven for the other guy and spread over a period of time. It wasn't all in one mm. big batch. So ASIO are currently getting on with the job. The, Good to know. Now, Good to know that they're getting on with the job. Getting on with the job. That's what they need to do. Here's <laughs> yeah. the very important thing. And this is a real – this to me oh. was one of the salient facts that we've got to worry about is – I love a salient fact. Our extremists are getting younger. Yes. Well, that makes sense. Disillusioned youth. Well, that's the whole thing. But it's mm. much younger. We're talking 16, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. It's the perfect – look, I think that, that that makes absolute sense because yeah. that's when your hormones are running crazy, you feel ostracised, yep. you feel outcast, yep. and it's so easy to be brought into the nest of some kind of organisation like you this. You hate your parents at this point. Yeah. I know. Yep. My son has just come out of the other end. My younger son has just come out of the other end of I hate everything you represent. Yeah. But uh, there's also – there's also, you know, a lot of parents working and both parents working, so they don't they're not as involved or engaged in their child's lives as they probably would like to be. Yeah, I agree with that. But here's the interesting thing. A lot of those parents were working from home. Yeah, so but like there's a lot of pressures and a lot of stresses. Oh yeah, yeah, there's what a lot of pressures and a lot of stresses. But what do we You're do still with working? Our, what do we do with our kids? Take your computer, go to your room, do your schoolwork. Yes, and the computer is the worst. So the thing is, these kids then go to their bedrooms, they close the door, yep. and then they start surfing extremist websites. And there are guys out there, particularly international personalities, yeah. that are using this. They're literally grabbing a hold of this and yep. like, look, searching for these kids, and they're finding them, and they're radicalizing them, and they're yep. much, much younger, which is a big problem. Another big problem, with ISIS and Syria beginning to sort of, again, cool off, a lot of the Australians that went over there to fight want to come home. Oh, do they? Yeah. That's bad. Now, one of the things about that is if they do come home, they're likely to get arrested. Of course. Uh, because they've uh, engaged in terrorism yeah. on foreign shores. But also, if they get through, they, they're still radicalised. A lot yeah. of them are still radicalised and they want to bring the fight home. So, again, this is another thing ASIO is doing, and that comes down to those – security assessments, a lot of the people that are trying to get into the country, they're giving security assessments saying, sorry, you can't come back. You know, yeah. you are now the wrong kind of person. We need to find somebody new. Right. So well, I think that makes sense though, right? Yeah. It's a, like, it's a really important point to remember that ASIO has a responsibility to protect the Australians, even from other mm. Australians. So to sum this up, Right, this is the best way to do it. We're going to sum this up now in a few very simple ways of doing it. Terrorism down, espionage up, youth extremism up, mm. sabotage up, and also foreign interference up. So essentially, while we used to be very focused on terrorism, and that was a big thing for ASIO, yeah. they're now 
sort of moving away from that because they've realised that government, and I think governments have realised as well around the world, that it's a lot easier to influence a country by getting inside the castle than it is yep. throwing bombs and bricks at it. And this is the other thing. The one other thing they do mention is the fact that a lot of right-wing extremism has hijacked a lot of COVID protesting. Right. right. And they've realised this is a big thing for the community. This is what we call uh, promotion of communal violence within the ASIO Act. This is where You've got right-wing groups grabbing a hold of disgruntled, and it's very much like Islam and disgruntled teenagers, mm. It only this time it's the right-wing and disgruntled boomers, which is kind yep. of sad, right? Essentially what's happened is these people who desperately want a reason for not being locked up have basically been coerced or been convinced by right-wing elements to literally start a riot, right? Right. Uh, which, again, the riot in Melbourne and the riots, what we call riots, the demonstrations in Melbourne and the demonstrations in Sydney about COVID, interestingly enough, they weren't regarded as terrorist incidents or even communal violence incidents. They were regarded as incidents of opportunity, right? So yep. essentially, these people wanted to protest and, they, as ASIO have said, really demonstrations only get violent when you have a counter demonstration meet up with the demonstration. So we had the right wing and anti-vax movement protesting and then the left wing anti-right wing movement come in and that's where you have your clash. Right. So essentially current situation for Australia, terrorism is down, which is good. Espionage and all the other stuff is going up. But thankfully we have a bunch of ordinary Australians who do extraordinary things who are going to protect us from it all. I can't wait to meet those ordinary Australians doing extraordinary things. I wonder what they look like. I'm actually going to go and have lunch with them. Oh, are you? Yeah, I've been invited to the former officers uh, association annual lunch. Are you making this up? No, I'm not. I've been invited to a lunch <laughs> with a lot of former spies, and I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to plug them for every piece of information I can. Great. I can't wait for this to be downloaded. Oh, don't worry. I'll talk about it. I'll, I, I won't mention names, but I'll certainly talk about a lot of stories. Well, I can't wait to hear that. So, look, I, I think that that's a really good wrap-up of all of the ASIO files, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, look, basically, ASIO is growing, as it must. Uh, I mean, when I worked there, it was only about 900 people. Now it's nearly 2,000. So, out of five, what, what kind of star ranking would you give it? Oh, look, um, I'm going to give it eight out of ten. Uh, could be yep. slightly tidier handwriting. But I think they've done it. Look, to be perfectly honest, Asia gave them a seven out of, gave themselves a seven out of nine. They had okay. nine key performance indicators they needed to mix uh, match. So their KPIs. Uh, yep. Their KPIs. They they match seven of them. Uh, seven of the nine. Okay. Right. Which is they got above eighty percent on that. The other ones they sort of got around fifty to sixty percent. The two that they didn't make, and that was counterterrorism and I think counterespionage, and mainly because it sort of the changes in the the environment in both areas sort of caught them on the hop. But bottom right. line is, uh, ASIO, keep up the good work. Um, looking forward to seeing how you're doing the HSC. And they got rid of their class clown years ago. Oh, yeah. And look, they had to replace him with a thousand people. <laughs> because those newsletters are not going to write themselves. You know what? It takes a lot of skill to be able to be that stupid. And you do it so well. Thank you.